it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> a steal. It's Bailey. He scores! The Islanders go to Pittsburgh. They steal game five. They're headed back to the Coliseum with a chance to close it out. Islanders country. Hello, this is P.T. Isles, the whale of a game edition. Alongside Noel Fogelman, I'm Joe Bono. A reminder, you can listen to this show and all Lighthouse Hockey podcast on iTunes. Please rate and review or find us on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or over at LighthouseHockey.com. Lighthouse Hockey, your recipe nation home. For your New York Islanders coverage. A little later, Nolan and I will have our Isles Buzz segment. But to kick off things, we are happy to be joined by the Deputy Managing Editor at NHL.com. That, of course, is Brian Compton. And he joins us now. Brian, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So, Brian, Ilya Sorokin obviously arrived in North America this season, but it felt like last night he arrived arrived that was a spectacular performance for a rookie for any goaltender um the islanders stole that game and it had that feel as they were kept on hanging around hanging around that it was an opportunity for them to steal the game and come back with a chance to clinch things on wednesday night and that's exactly what happened yeah it just felt like i don't know about you guys but for me it just felt like they were going to win the game as as it just went on and on and they just kept making save after save (laughs) And I tweeted, I'm like, they're one bad shot away from tying this hockey game if they can just get some pucks on the net, which they weren't doing. Uh, And lo and behold, they tie it and then end up winning it on the on the the gift from Jerry to Josh Bailey. But uh, and I brought this up with Barry last night and he told me to pump the brakes about, you know, we've been talking about Ilya Ilya Sorokin for seven years. I mean, three or four years before you even got here, Barry, I mean, to live up to this hype the way that he has. It's really impressive, and he just wanted none of it. Like, you've got to do this for 15, 20 years like Sid and Gino have been doing it before we can have this conversation. But uh, just the poise that he's played with is really remarkable, even though, you know, he's been in pressure-packed situations in the KHL for a few years and was the Gagarin Cup MVP and, and so forth. But just a remarkable series so far for Sorokin, no question. Yeah, I remember seeing Sorokin in the blue and white scrimmage, I don't know, maybe five years ago. Yeah, that was like 2016, though, yeah. I think, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, that might be the only time we see this guy. So you got to go to the game and, and watch it. But, you know, thankfully he came over. And you mentioned his experience in the KHL. He's not an ordinary rookie. So, I mean, nope. that's such a beneficial thing to the Islanders that they have this guy in here. And he's got the experience, he's got the international experience. So it's not like throwing, say, Casey the Smith if uh, the Penguins right. go that route. So it's... It's definitely an advantage that the Islanders and Barry Trotz have. 
Yeah, and I brought this up on another show before the series got underway, fellas. Like, the two best goalies in the series both play for the Islanders, yeah. and that's really has been the difference so far. I mean, if if it's nothing against Barry's decision, I mean, Barlamov, it was, I think, is going to be a Vezina finalist. Yeah. I mean, he was remarkable during the regular season, but if he doesn't make that switch, this series might be over already. And it really, um, you know, without Sorokin's performances, when Varley was playing, it really – um, it felt like 2013 all over again because the Islanders were the better team in that series and Nabby couldn't make a save. And that's why the Penguins moved on. Another advantage of having Sorokin here is that you get to try to get Barry Trotz to tell us which Russian goaltender <laughs> I is going to be best. starting all different types of ways. I, I really um, give credit to the beat writers. And, but Barry so far has been up to the test. He is not, he has not faltered one time. Yeah, and he's he's so clever about it. I mean, the last time I just said, you know what, I'm just going to give it a shot. And he said, oh, it's the one with the le- who catches with the left hand. Like, he just <laughs> keeps finding ways to not tell us who's starting. Um, I mean, a lot of it's funny. And at the same time, like that day when he made that joke, I'm like, the game starts in an hour and a half. Like, what is the secret? Like, it's not like Sully is going to tear up his entire game plan and come up with a new one. Uh, but look, Barry's won, what, 800 games in this league? It's hard to argue with his methods. Yeah, and now uh, just with the game winner last night, um, Dominic Moore on NBC Sports. I mean, he has had an uncanny. Yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. In a row, he picked, you know, Josh Bailey. You know, Allen's going to steal the game. When can we just have the Islander fans who just hate him just, like, come on board now? I mean, what else does he have to do? Cure cancer? He's <laughs> the Middle East? I mean, what? Hoist the cup? I mean, he's done everything right. He's going to be the new Mr. Islander. He'll probably have the most games played if his contract finishes here. His number is going to be retired. I mean, he's a true Islander. What does he have to do? I, I, I think, get it. I think I said on this on this show, Joe, a few years ago, Josh Bailey could save babies from a burning building, and Isles Twitter would be standing outside holding a stopwatch. Like they, it just <laughs> it doesn't matter what he does. There's just a certain portion of this fan base that just has no appreciation for everything that he brings to the table on and off the ice for whatever reason. Uh, but good for Josh. He takes it in stride. Um, and he, to me, he's he's the smartest player on the. He might not be the best player on the team, though, but he's the smartest by far. Right. His hockey IQ is off the charts. Absolutely. I mean, people like myself have, you know, overcompensated in terms of how elite Josh Bailey is, um, based <laughs> upon the overreaction that goes the other way. So you have fun with it the other way when he makes ordinary plays or gets a lucky bounce or a secondary assist off off the skate or something like that, but. What, what, what has always hit me in recent years is just how complimentary his teammates are yeah. of him and the coaching staff. Barry Trotz is not throwing out compliments about a player just because, you know, they're a nice guy. Right. And these guys dissect film. They look at the, they look at things and, and notice things that the casual, even the casual hardcore fan is not looking at over the course of watching a game. So if they're that complimentary of how smart he is, the little things he does, the smart moves that he makes across the game. Now, listen, the turnovers, we see them. That's part of, you know, you take that a little bit with Josh, but that always struck me that if Barry Trotz is going out of his way to compliment him, this guy's a damn good hockey player. And this is not a, a rookie head coach or, or a coach who's still trying to find his way at this level, Joe. This is one of the all-time great coaches who's telling you Josh Bailey is a really, really good hockey player. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, it just goes back to there's a certain portion of this fan base that just will never, ever appreciate mm-hmm. everything that he brings. And it's I'm sure yeah. I'm sure some of them are like, well, now maybe Seattle will claim him in the right, expansion exactly. draft when they get yeah. him exposed. <laughs> that's what it is like oh if he plays really well maybe somebody will take notice and they'll they'll want to pick up his salary next year like it's it's just it's crazy but good for josh i mean he like i said he takes it he takes it in stride he's a terrific player yeah absolutely now the scary play last night with oliver wallstrom going yeah. down the boards looks like he's not going to play uh, tomorrow i think probably trust me you know travis say draft would be the next man up are they gonna is barry gonna shuffle the lines to have him play alongside uh matt barzell or is he gonna go basically replace uh wallstrom with their line yeah, no, I think Zajac will just play that right side with with Pajot and Palmieri. There's obviously some familiarity there with with Kyle. And, right. um, you know, it's just a matter of you know, I saw somebody. Well, Zajac has to play in the middle because he's a center. That's not the case. Barry has actually brought up that Zajac can play different positions. I thought a month ago or whatever, the, when, the, when the trade went down, well, maybe Pajot can play the left side with Matthew Barzell because JG is just so versatile. Right. Um, but you're not going to take Pajot out of that spot. That line's been pretty good. It's a shame. Hopefully, Walsham's going to be okay. We'll see. 
And if we keep on talking about the much maligned players, and I'm not talking about <laughs> Uncle Leo, maybe Noel will bring him back later. But Scott <laughs> Mayfield is having a heck of a series. Yeah. And, you know, we've been critical, critical of Scott Mayfield at times this year. It seems like he was on the ice for a lot of bad goals mm-hmm. during certain times when this team was kind of going on a downward trend. But the physicality, the scoring a big goal, what they've done when he's been on the ice with people like Crosby and Malkin shutting him down. This is some of the best hockey I've seen Scott Mayfield play. He's been, he's been spectacular. And compared to some of the other defensemen that you expect to be, you know, showing up playoff time, he's, he's filled that role, filled that role and filled that void. Yeah, you're right. And he's another one. Like there's just a certain portion of the fan base. Why is he in the lineup? He's terrible. Blah blah blah. And Barry has said this a million times. Scott is a huge part of the penalty kill. He's not coming out of the lineup, guys. Like, he's just not. Yeah, he's had some hiccups with Nick Letty. I don't think there's any question about that. But, um, I mean, the, 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 was it game three when he had three points? I mean, it's, it's just the, the movie made in the right circle and then the shot. I mean, it was just perfect. So, um, he's very underrated. He, they need that physicality if they're going to continue to have success in these playoffs. And, um, and just having, you know, being a right-handed defenseman who can play that style, those guys don't grow on trees. He's been uh, a pleasant surprise really from the moment Barry became the head coach because it didn't, the trajectory did not look like this before Barry got here. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched him quite a bit in Bridgeport, you know, being there and covering him and, you know, this is not the same player he was no. in- and credit to the, the coaching staff and even Brent Thompson. I mean, because everyone kills Brent Thompson. It's so funny how <laughs> a fan base can kill an AHL coach because they haven't developed anybody. Basically, look at the whole, you know, defensive core, you know, yeah. Ulock, you know, and you have you know, Sebastian Ajo even and you know, Mayfield. You can you know, even mention, um, you know, Tay as well. And Dobson would have been there too, if not for the rules with Junior. Yeah, absolutely. And Mayfield's got a sneaky shot. I wish he would, you know, shoot a little more. But um, yeah, he's he comes up with big playoff goals, you know, and he, he's he shut me up because I've been pretty critical on the show of him. And but good for him. I mean, you want him to play. I know it's a portion of, of the fan base, like much like um, Josh Bailey, that you actively root against the guy. You, you can't root against you know Scott Mayfield. You want him to do well, and that's what he's doing so far. He's supposed to. If he was incapable of playing against these elite. NHL players that he's playing against, particularly in this series, he wouldn't be out there. I mean, Barry Trotz is, again, he's one of the best coaches of all time. Why would he put Scott Mayfield out there if he didn't think he was capable? Right. We're talking with Brian Compton, NHL.com, at B Compton, NHL. And I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but, and it's tough with the mask, but it looked like Barry was surprised when they won yesterday. When I was watching, when I saw the reaction, it was kind of like he was giddy, like these guys did it again. Like they, they had their C plus game most of the game and they found a way. And he talked about character in the post game. He's talked about it before. That is such a big intangible, but yet you always can, you're always saying, Oh, well, will that carry over? Will that be the difference in a playoff series, the character? But I think it does for this team, not for every team, but for this team, the character, the gutsy, the pesky Islanders, that's their identity. They, They found a way, even if they're, not playing their best hockey. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's certainly the main reason why they've had this ex- these runs the past two years in the playoffs. You don't get that this far without character. You just don't, no matter how much talent you have, guys. And, uh, you know, Barry said today that he had a pretty good feeling um, in the third period when the game started to turn that they were going to win. Because, And that goes back to character too, Joe. Like, to be as bad as they were in the second period and to just find a way and, and just keep pushing – uh, after Sorokin was doing handstands back there for the first 40 minutes. It's really remarkable. And it goes back to, to do this too without your captain. Um, it's a credit to guys like Josh and, and Clutterbuck and, and Nick Letty and the, and the older guys. Uh, and it's a veteran group. I mean, let's be honest. It, it's Noah Dobson and Wallstrom and the rest of the group. I mean, even Sorokin's 25 years old. He's not a kid. Um, but it, it's, it's a character group and it's a lot of quality veteran leadership in that room. You mentioned veterans. Who thought that Leo Komarov would be the best forward on that line for the first few games in that series? He's he's been fantastic. Um, and they're on the verge of you know advancing without really any production from Matt Barzell. I mean, yeah. just until he gets going, then I mean, look out. I mean, Everly's had a couple goals, but they really need Matt to kind of join the join the rest of the crew here. No, I'm with you, and I, I'd like to think that I've done a better job of biting my tongue on Twitter at least <laughs> in the past couple of months because. 
especially at the, at the in the in the order going of the series. You're right. I mean, people are screaming about Barzell. You got to get Leo off that wing. He's he's ruining this. Blah blah blah. Leo Komarov was by far the best player on that line for the first two games. Yeah. Uh, and Barzi's had stretches where, I mean, his just re- not reluctance, refusal to shoot the puck in quality spots. Right. It's really baffling. I know he's a pass first guy, but um, there was a couple of, of, of moments um, at the Coliseum the other day where he just refused to shoot when he was 15 feet out with nobody block, like just shoot the puck, man. Um, and he just refuses. Um, if you're right, if Barzi can get going here, um, it's going to bode well for the honest moving forward. But Leo, he's the closest thing to Anders as far as the forecheck and, you know, being that big body on the line. He's never, ever going to score 40 goals in this league. I've never said that. I never will say that. I won't even hint at it. Um, but he's certainly, uh, for the guys that they have, um, he makes the most sense to play alongside Matthew right now. And that beautiful setup for Jordan Everly on the tie yeah. goal. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone, oh, yeah. it's a, during the playoffs last year, someone, I don't know whose quote it was, they described his game, was it like in um, a wrinkled dress shirt or something like that? Do you guys remember that? I'm, they, sure, someone, I'm sure that was Barry. I, don't, I can't imagine anybody else saying that. It certainly <laughs> I mean, that's makes sense. How, yeah. He looks like he's yeah. a mess. He looks like it's chaotic, like nothing's in control. He's going all over the place. Watching him and Malkin jab back and forth the other yeah. in Russian with Pierre Maguire in the middle the other day was 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 quite was quite funny too. Um, what's your thoughts on the Coliseum now getting to nine thousand? Um, I guess for Game Six, similar that similar way that you felt about you know I guess in a way Game Four as well as a few years ago as well in two thousand fifteen. You don't know when the last game is going to be there. Right. Um, Obviously, it's a strange situation that in increments, uh, the crowd is getting bigger and bigger and you're getting these vaccinated, non-vaccinated sections. I haven't been there, but, you know, how would you how would you view as the as as the atmosphere compared to, you know, when it's a full 13, 14,000 on the smaller side of, of, of the renovated Coliseum crowd? Yeah, you know, Joe, even game three, it, w- it was hard not to get emotional. Uh, I did my best just because, I mean, I grew up in that building. I saw my first game there in, in 1984. And, um, you know, after everything that we've all gone through collectively over the past year, um, just to be back in that building with fans was just, it was fantastic because I covered the first few games of, the, of this season with nobody in there. And it's, just, it's, it's awful. It's just not the same um feeling you, you you just feel like you're you're at Northwell and just watching a scrimmage it was just very different but to be in the building with fans again for those two games and to be there tomorrow it's going to be off the charts with a chance to advance to the second round um these extra 2200 people I guess it will be um it's going to feel like a full house and if they score the first goal my god I mean it's a good thing they're moving because they might blow the roof off tomorrow night it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah, the first time they can advance at home since the Dale Hunter game. Um, yeah, at the Coliseum, yeah. Coliseum, yeah. 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 Uh, let's flip over to the other side now, the Penguins. Uh, how can they recover from this? Uh, you know, Christian Jari, who has been shaky. I mean, uh, if they had a do-over, they probably would have kept Marc-Andre Fleury, who would probably be Vezina again, you know, <laughs> who has, you know, had a, quite a few uh, more years left than, than the Penguins thought, uh, getting rid of also, uh, you know, Matt Murray. Yeah. And then, but they, you know, basically are putting all their pieces with uh, Christian Jari. How do they, how do they recover now after last night? Well, it helps still having one of the top three players in the world. I mean, Sydney is still right there for me. I know Connor McDavid is, but is the best or at least the most talented player. Um, but Crosby is still right there, fellas. He's, he's legit. And um, you know, I go back to, to the diving play he made on Brock to, to save a goal. Yeah. Um, you, the greatest players usually don't make that play in Sydney. That's what separates Sydney from a lot of players. So um, he's, he's playing tomorrow night. So the penguin with as long as he's playing, the penguins have a chance to win this hockey game. And um, you know, just getting back to what you're saying about Leo frustrating Malkin, that's huge. If they can, if they can find another way to keep Malkin off of his game and get him frustrated and have him taking trips to the box, um, it's certainly going to bow well, but the penguins have, um, even Gensel Gensel is going to get going at some point. Logic tells you that, right? Yeah. So um, they have weapons. And if, if Jerry can respond here, it's going to bode well for Pittsburgh. We'll see how it goes. And the hand-eye coordination play earlier in the series. That was ridiculous. I've no, never he, seen a tip like he's that. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's absolutely ridiculous. And even, the, you know, the save that Sorokin made on him in game one, I mean, th- that should have been a goal too. He's just a phenomenal player, no question. Uh, let's go around the league real quickly and 
you know, so much was made about the Islanders slipping down the, the standings and then, you know, failing to potentially have home ice and not being able to overtake the Bruins and settling in for the four spot. And, you know, are they going to be able to flip a switch? And I guess the answer is yes. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, at the end of the day, we knew for a long period of time that it's probably these four teams and, you know, was it going to matter? I, I, someone said, you know, it's really 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D when it came to this Eastern division. And, you know, the team, a team, the Islanders handled well uh, for the first six games, the Bruins. Yeah. I mean, knock out the Capitals in five games. I mean, that was no one. I mean, I think people saw how tight that series was and it goes, oh, this is going to be a seven game series and you blink and it's over. Um, just the, just the, the job the Bruins did uh, to taking care of the Capitals there in five. Yeah, I, I thought it would go longer than five. I picked the Bruins to win before it got underway. Um, they had a really tough year injury-wise. Their their blue line has been so banged up, and it's it's starting to get healthy now. Um, and they're so well coached. And Tukaresk is still, to me, one of the better goalies in the league. And Patrice Bergeron, he's in that top three, top five conversation for me, just because he's such a good two-way player. So, um, and Brad Marchand is a playoff type of player. He's the Claude Lemieux of this generation, I think, or close to it. He gets under your skin. He's the guy that you want on your team, and he's the guy that you hate if he's on the on the opposing side. So, um, th- they're really, really good. And I, if if the if the Islanders advance here, um, it's going to be the Bruins team of the, these past few years, as opposed to the Bruins team that they saw for the first five the first five times that they beat him over the regular season. Right. And it's amazing how Della Hall found out that he can still play hockey. <laughs> He's you know, in the right spot now, isn't he? Right My spot. God. You know, you know, goal scorers just, I guess, turn it on when they want to, you know, when they want to, but flipping over, I guess, to the Western conference, um, do you see anybody beating the avalanche? I mean, they disposed of the blues pretty easily. I mean, Grubauer is, you know, probably going to be also a Vezina trophy. I mean, McKinnon's probably the best player in the league right now, now that McDavid's out of the playoffs. Do you see anybody, uh, yeah, I mean that that they were they were my cup pick in January and they're they're my cup pick now. Um Vegas is awfully good. Um other than that, I don't see it. I mean, to me, Colorado is head and shoulders above everybody else. They're just so good from the cage out. Grubauer had a hell of a year for those guys. Um McCarr is ridiculous. Gerard's a good player. Taze has, has fit in really well there. Um and McKinnon's absurd. I mean, nobody really talks about him because of everything McDavid does, but um Nate McKinnon's in this conversation too. He's a world-class player. That whole top line, Rantanen's fantastic. Um, they have a lot of weapons. So I think they're, they're going to be an awfully tough out. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be awfully tough for anybody to, to get rid of those guys for sure. And the uniqueness of this season in that you played your games against the division. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm watching an Eastern division game. Okay. I'm watching a, a Canadian, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? The style, the speed, yeah. it'd be really interesting to see when the, when the crossover happens and, Teams are finally playing against someone else other than the seven teams that they've been playing uh, for the last, you know, five, six months. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I don't want to dump on the Leafs because they have been good. I mean, it is what it is, but they haven't played these upper echelon teams. That division wasn't great. It just wasn't. Uh, as we saw, I mean, Edmonton had a hell of a year and then they, they get swept in the first round. Um, what happens when Toronto plays? a Boston or an Islanders or a Colorado or a Carolina. I just can't see them getting past any of these teams, but that's why they play the games. Brian, has the league figured out what happens with, with the Canadian teams playing games not on yet. the road? Not yet. Still not hasn't yet. been decided. Has not, not been determined yet. Um, I would imagine that they getting they, close. <laughs> yeah. No, they got to figure it out soon, Joey. I, I would imagine that they're good. The Canadian team is going to have to cross the border. And if it's Toronto, maybe they play in Buffalo. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to figure it out, but I can't imagine that a U.S. team is going to go to Canada at this point with the way things are going up there. So the uh, Canadian media is not going to annoy whoever wins that division, the champion. <laughs> oh, I can't <laughs> say Nor- that. But- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, do you see like I, one of the, I think the most intriguing series is, you know, the Preds versus the Canes. And I think yeah. that's seven, it's been fantastic. I would love to see both those teams in the same division going forward. You know, it just, cause you would think, you know, they're not that far, you know, proximity wise. It just, it's been, you know, nail biting games. It's been great. I mean, I can totally see that division, you know, those teams going forward being the same division. I know it won't happen, but it just it's it seems like that's a natural rivalry right there. Yeah. And kudos to John Hines for having those yeah. guys playing as hard as they have been. Um, I didn't see this coming. I thought no. this was gonna be closer to a sweep or a five game series, Noel. And 
Um, you know, guys like Matthew Shane have really stepped up. And of course, Saros has just been absurd for those guys. So uh, this could be one of those um, 2002 Islanders Maple Leaf series, right? Where the home team wins every time out and the Kings are going to have to inch and claw to, to win in seven. We'll see how it goes. Well, Brian, before we let you go, uh, what's your feel? Do you have a gut feel about game six? You know, I think there's a there's a sense of you, know, you win the pivotal game five in the way you do that. <laughs> You know, the, 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 the scene has been set for the Islanders shaking hands after the game Wednesday night. Probably, yeah. Ideally, the game would end around 8.45 since it's a 6.30 start. 6.30 start. <laughs> it's great for us writers. I'm excited. Uh, but um, I've been going back to this cliche about the first goal, Joe. I think if the Islanders score first tomorrow, I, I, I just think it's over. Um, but you never know. I mean, they fought their way back last night, even if Pittsburgh scores first. But um, between... The anthem's going to be ridiculous between having an extra 2,200 people in the building. Um, if they score first, and we've seen this from the Penguins before, uh, at least in the past couple of years, once they think it's over, they kind of just go home. So um, we'll see. But I think if the Islanders score first, it's going to really bode well for them tomorrow night. Brian Compton, Deputy Managing Editor for NHL.com, at NHL on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us as always, and uh, we'll do this again. Yeah, good to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. That was NHL.com's Brian Compton. When we get back, our Isles Buzz segment, you're listening to PT Isles, part of the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We're back. Joe Bono and Noel Fogelman. PTI Isles, Isles Buzz segment. And Noel and I have not been able to sync up over the last couple of weeks. Adulthood is just kicking our ass. Yeah. Um, I'll go first. We finally moved into my house. I'm now a Connecticut resident, proud supporter of the Bridgeport Islanders. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome. And their logo. And it's just been nuts trying to get into the house um back and forth all the unpacking i have boxes everywhere trying to get the rooms ready so you can sleep and trying to just put your stuff away in a way that makes it work and then also trying to figure out how to remote work and my wife's nine months pregnant 37 weeks it's just been you know kind of nuts to try to sit down and get a get a podcast going and you got your own stuff but we, we were finally able to find some time here tonight yeah, it adds up. Every time we text, I'm going to do a show tonight. You got something that I was sick. My whole family, you know, whole house was, you know, was sick. And it's just like, it's, it's always something. I just wish I can just, you know, go back to 1993 when I was 18 years old and I had no <laughs> care in the world just in watching the Islanders advance in the playoffs. But, you know, good thing we, we got this going now. But yeah, you know, priorities. We, we have a lot of priorities, you know. And my daughter is a night owl. I, I cannot sit down until like midway through the second period before I can actually just watch the game without interruptions. Um, she's just, she's just wired nap or no nap at, at uh, two and a half. And my big problem, this is a serious problem I have now being in this Connecticut home. I have Altice one is my service. I don't okay. know, optimum. I don't know. What do you have? Okay. What's your cable service? I, well, I have, I have direct TV, but our internet is through spectrum. It used to be charter and time yeah. Warner spectrum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have Altice one through optimum and I'm watching the Islander game the other day. And, you know, I take sometimes the highlights off of the MSG Go app and trim it. And that's how I put yeah. stuff on on Twitter with sound. You know, mm-hmm. that way you get the call. It's easier that way. Right. And I'm, I turn on the MSG Go app and the MSG Go app is 10 seconds ahead of what I'm watching on my TV. Yeah. That's, um, what's that, going that's on? Yeah, I know. Like, usually it's always behind. So I always get the updates, you know, the, the notifications. So I always forget to turn them off. I'm 30 but- seconds behind everyone else watching this in connecticut i'm probably 30 seconds behind you with direct tv that's how bad it is and so i just half the time sit on my phone and just watch it or the ipad because i know the you know my internet is, is is really good and the the app is fine so the it's not connected to my direct tv my wi-fi and it just i'm i don't know what to I do about is, this 
I know. The only thing I, I was on the phone for 20 minutes with the guy. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm a huge sports fan. Right. I've never had this problem before. I usually am watching games with my phone in my hand. Yeah. I didn't tell him, hey, listen, I got an Isle of Twitter account. I got this right. website. I got this podcast. Yeah. And, but it's been really difficult because if I'm, if I'm on my phone or even scrolling through a timeline, I could, you know, the it. Jordan Everly goal yesterday was spoiled for me because I saw the Islander tweet um, that, that the game was tied. Yeah. And then I, then I watched it on my TV 30 right. seconds later. No, I know. I was like that. The was a, I forget which game it was. Maybe game two, and sitting there watching my son, who's always on on his phone, gets a notification. He smiles like that. I think you're gonna like what just happened. I'm like, shut up! Don't tell me. I don't want to know. I'm watching on the game. And then sure enough, it's when they got the power play. Then they scored the goal. I'm like, come on, just just turn your phone off. You know, it should be like a mob. You know, get together, put all your phones in like a basket, put them away so no one has any you know devices, and you have your meeting. Same thing put all the devices in the basket and just watch the, the game. So I'm not giving up yet. I'm going to see, apparently they escalated my concerns to oh, someone. Sure. They're going to call I'm me sure. in a couple of days. We'll yeah. see if they escalated my concerns. And I guess there's a way to go wireless on the cable box now, as yeah. opposed to, so maybe if I do that, I'll get a, a faster feed. I don't know, but this is on every sport. It's just not hockey. Maybe it's a little bit more of an issue with hockey because of the speed of the game. Um, but this is, this is going to be a new way of, of living for me. If I'm going to have to live with a 30 second delay the rest of my life. And now the one, the one thing that's okay about this is that if you're on a delay and you live in New York city or Brooklyn or a highly dense area, and you're watching a game, you may get a reaction from a surrounding apartment right. that spoils what occurred for you. Yeah. I, there's no one around me anymore. <laughs> Seven animals and maybe some yeah. deer and a chipmunk here and there. Right. So yeah. um, I don't have to worry about anyone ruining it for me from the outside. I just got to yeah. stay away from the phone, but I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to give up. This is, this is strange for me. Yeah. I think the wireless would help maybe trim maybe 10, 15 seconds off, but you'll still be behind. Yeah. I mean, it's, <sighs> I mean you gotta, it's like first world problems, but I know it sucks. <laughs> and listen, I've, I've kind of had to scale back just because of how crazy and busy uh, life is, uh, you know, being a dad these days, you know, so I've conceded the ground to the younger guys out there that are, are tweeting, but you know, you'd like to be the first one out there. You'd like to get the first, yeah. you know, gif of the goal out there. And I'm at a serious disadvantage <laughs> now. I already was, yeah. you know, because now, of yeah. uh, my, 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 my house surroundings at the moment with, uh, with, with my, you know, the baby coming and, and my daughter, but I didn't have to. I didn't have to give them thirty extra seconds now of a bit of a lead on me. To I got to come up now. I got to adapt to see if yeah, I can exactly. be first to market on the on the on the gold tweets. Right, it's another hurdle you have to deal with now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The I want to get your thoughts on something like I saw on, on Islanders of uh, Facebook today, and I, I I actually fall on the opposite side of this argument. Maybe maybe a lot of our listeners may not. It was a conversation around whether or not people should be selling their tickets to these playoff games above face value on the secondary market, as opposed to just selling them at face value or just bringing people along that are diet Islander fans that want to be in the building. I'm okay with people making money on StubHub. That's, that's kind of how this always has worked. You know, if someone wants to go, bad enough and the demand is good. I mean, if it was a Stanley Cup final game seven at home and I didn't have a ticket to the game because I wasn't a season ticket holder, I think I'm okay with paying more. And if someone right. is willing to uh, give up their seat for that, I don't know who would be willing to do that. That's 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 how it goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, no one has to go to the game. It's it's not it's not a right, it's a privilege. And if you can afford to to buy those tickets, you know, God bless you, but you have the right to sell it for you. I mean, I think you have to, it's only a certain amount you can go above, you know, the, above the face value. But I mean, if it's like, say an auction and just keeps going, that's fine. There's demand. It's, it's, it's a demand world. You know, I mean, if. And people if, may say, if I sell game six, right. That pays for games. Yeah. The next four series. and six next round for me. Right. Absolutely. Or they can't go. I mean, maybe they can't go. I mean, we all know May time, June time, yeah. there's communions and birthday parties right. and weddings and graduations yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Right. It gets very, very busy. 
Yeah. And, you know, am I going to spend just as I'm going to work the same amount of hard and not make any profit on it? Or am I going to make a few bucks yeah. and, and, and it kind of helped me out uh, moving forward? Right. I mean, if I I'm okay. Friend, with it. Yeah. If I have a friend or know someone who wants to go and they're willing to pay, I'll just, I'll sell those face value. You know, that that's fine. I, mean, I wouldn't do that to a friend or, you know, or an acquaintance and something like that. But if I'm going to put it on a secondary site, of course, I'm going to want to make money. Mm-hmm. You know? Have you ever made big money on, on tickets? Um, not big money. I mean, I've, I've made, you know, I, I, I've never taken a loss. Let's, let's just say, but I've never really came out that much ahead. So, yeah, a few times I've, I've purchased like four tickets when I only needed two to something, not like an Islander game, but like other types of events, like yeah. NCAA basketball at the garden or something like that. Right. Thinking, you know, you get the right, the right uh, matchups. You might, you mm-hmm. might make a good amount of money. And, and kind of same. I haven't really lost money, but I've never made like, oh my God, I made 250 bucks on these right. tickets. That's that's never happened. Um, I might be in that situation soon though. I bought Green Day tickets. Okay. The, um, what are they calling it? Mega, Mega, I forgot what the name of the tour right. is. It's them, Weezer and Fallout Boy. Okay. At City Field. This was supposed to be summer 2020 and now it's yeah august 2021 on an on right. a wednesday and i bought okay. four tickets right i we were gonna bring the wives my brother and i and probably gonna have a two-month-old now so yeah i don't uh, have to find i might those might go on the open market yeah and i'm definitely gonna take a loss on those <laughs> yeah. no I, i'm the same way because i was i looked at my ticket master account i'm like oh wow i have like four concerts that are rescheduled you know new order and pet shop boys um probably have to sell those that's like the middle of the week but then a couple of Atlantis more set. I mean, I'll go with my wife to that one, but yeah, which I got for her birthday. And Plus, I, that one. I lived in Brooklyn Heights and I bought tickets to see Newfound Glory and Simple Plan, you okay. know, punk rock bands that yeah. has always been my favorite type of music, the pop punk. Right. My brother and I have always bonded over that. And they were playing at Pier 17, oh, um, which is an amazing venue yeah. right across the water. I've been to a couple shows there and we were stoked to go. It was June of last year. That's like our birthday week. And we were going to go and, and just have a great, great night, the two of us. And now I got rescheduled for October. Now it's on a Friday night in October, but he lives in New Jersey. I live in Connecticut. Connecticut and we got to get to Pier 17. Right. <laughs> so you can't have, you, have a, you can have a good night, but you can't have a great night. Exactly. And who knows how, what the weather's going to be like too. That's always pretty And the Mets will be in the postseason. Probably not. Hopefully. Uh, given what's happening online. You um, might actually play uh, the Mets by then. You might get the call. The, the way everyone's dropping like flies. <laughs> no? hey, I could be a bullpen catcher tomorrow if they yeah. need if they need if they need me to be. Exactly. Um, <laughs> other other news around um, the NHL. Um, Wayne Gretzky resigning hmm. as vice chairman of the. Yeah of the Edmonton Oilers and then simultaneously uh, being named analyst over at TNT, part of that new TV partnership. And I'm pumped up about this. They must've paid him a ton of money to do this. Um, But I feel like I've never seen Wayne Gretzky in that role. And I hope he's unfiltered and gives like, here's my thing though. Like if I was the best player to ever to play a sport, you would think that person has an insight that is separate from everyone else. Like, you would think that would equate to being the best analyst possible, someone that was able to play at that level. But it doesn't it doesn't always translate? No, I mean because Andrew Marchand from the Posting Report, I think it's like about three million dollars a year he's getting. So it's a lot of money. Good for him. But if you look hockey, all the four sports is the one sport that doesn't have a mega superstar as an analyst. You look at baseball. I mean, Fox has a Rod. They had Pedro. They had uh, David Ortiz. And then you know, ESPN also had um, A-Rod. But it's a football, every, every network has a Hall of Famer or a really good you know, player. Basketball, I mean, look at TNT, right? All those guys are Hall of Famers. But in hockey, you have Dominic Moore. Not, nothing against Dominic Moore, but you have all these guys that no one really knows of. Except really, really hardcore fans. Everyone knows Wayne Gretzky. Whether you're a hockey fan or not, you know the name Wayne Gretzky. Whether it's from Swingers or just or whatever, you know the guy. So let's just hope that he's really good and not like Joe Montana. Because when Joe Montana was an analyst, he was terrible. And he's yeah. one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Let's hope that he can really bring And like Dan Orslovsky is great. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Chris Carol Sims, Fox. really yeah. good. Right, ex- exactly. You know, uh, was it Sean Salisbury was really good. You know, all these guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, I guess those who can't like broadcast. 
I, I guess that that's that's the tune. So let's hope that Wayne's good. I mean, if anything, the first few shows are gonna bring ratings just to see how he is. Now, I know um, ESPN hired Leah Hexall as one of their um, like play-by-play. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, Brett. I really hope this is double-edged sword. I really want to see AJ get a job on one of these networks as a lean analyst. AJ Malesko, that is. I mean, that would take away from, you know from her coverage with the Islanders. She's fantastic. She needs to be on one of these networks like Stat. So let's hope that she gets one of these jobs. But we it is cool watching the Islanders and then seeing Brendan Burke and AJ Malesko yeah. on a on a national broadcast. Right. And there's there's a lot of pride the fact that your broadcaster is calling all of these games. I mean, yeah. Brendan Burke, I think, is finally getting a day off tonight here on Tuesday. Right. And I know he's not traveling to every single venue. But still, it takes um, he's doing venue. some in, in the studio, NBC studios. Yeah. He had a, his Instagram is really good. And he, I guess they were going into overtime in the game he was doing. And he like walked out with his phone and he went to one yeah. booth and it was, you know, one game going on there. And he's like, okay, and now let's go to this city. And it was another right. game going on there. And just so crazy. It'll be interesting whether or not they, because if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a play-by-play play announcer, of course it's a better experience being there at the at the arena. But if you're doing a full 81 game schedule, 82 game schedule for for your local team, and trying to pick up work additionally, and obviously want to be home with your wife and your kids, yeah. the ability to just go into the city and do a do a game that way, that's got to be somewhat appealing to an extent. Of course, you know, and I don't know yeah. how much of a difference that the listener actually recognizes at this point, doing it for about two years, they're really good at doing it. Although yeah. when I see these clips of them doing it, I am shocked at how small the TV is, not the MSG yeah. MSG. They're in the big, they're in the big it's studio. Right. He's got the massive TV and he's standing mm-hmm. up. Right. But these NBC games, these are a little, small. it's like a 12 inch television yeah. screen trying yeah. to see these players. It's amazing to right. me. No, it's, it's crazy. Cause when I was at working at MLB network, we did a lot of like, um, Dominican series and all the, you know, those like when the, when the uh, major league teams would go to Taiwan and stuff like that. So the announcers would be in the booth, similar to like a 12 inch monitor watching those games. And I mean, baseball is a little bit different, but you're reacting. You have the program feed and that's it. Whereas when you're at the stadium, you could see the whole field. So you have to kind of wait a beat to see where the ball is going to go. Whereas like, if you're watching, you know, in the, in the stadium, you really can see where it's going on you know, just follow with your eyes, you know, not wait till the camera cut, you know, from the director. So it's, you give those guys credit because they're all pros, you know, and, and Brendan's one of the best already. And, you know, let's, let's hope that he stays here for a long time because he's, he's going to get. I think know, he is. I think he is. I mean, he, he said it at the time. I believe him, right. He wants to be the guy of an organization and, you know, this isn't the Islanders playing, yeah. you know, regular season games at the dilapidated Coliseum. He's going right. to be playing for a team that's now a, destination organization with a destination building um hopefully i I think he'll be here for a long 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 time and um i don't know how he kept his voice i don't know (laughs) when you're doing that many games he's got to have some kind of like mariah carey type (laughs) regiment to make sure that uh, between between games he's got those vocal cords going well yeah i mean absolutely but no he's he's a pro and like what we've mentioned in previous shows how like lucky on the fans are just the amount of play-by-play guys, the quality of the guys, it's like the Pittsburgh Steelers head coaches, you know, you have three of them in their, <laughs> right. in, in their franchise history. We, you know, between Jigs and, and Howie Rose and now, and now Brendan, you know, even John Sterling, you know, going way back, but those guys are like, you know, great announcers, you know, not just for one team, just for the league. And everyone recognizes that. And it's one of the you know, advantages the honors have had, throughout their you know, franchise history. And then Chris King, of course, when the Islanders have a win like they did the yeah. other night, you get the ultra, you get the ultra high pitch, the ultra elation, just pure joy, ecstasy call right. from, from Kinger, um, which is just awesome. And he's got a great story himself, you know, yeah. being an analyst all those, all those years and then moving yeah. over to the play-by-play side. Right. And that's a really fun broadcast as well that we have on the radio side of things. Yeah, I hope he writes a book one day, Kinger, because I mean, this the amount of stories he must have, and then dealing with you know the the, the Hofstra play by play, you know the studio mm-hmm. play by player, and then just all the guys, Chris Weidman, and then Steve Mears, and all, all the guys that they've had throughout the years, 
you know, uh, now working with Greg Picker. I would love to hear some of the stories. So hopefully when, you know, his time is, you know, done to try, he writes a book. So it'd be a great read. So another uh, news for me, I am holding up a Bud Light and I'm going to... (laughs) So this doesn't happen all the time, but there was a perk to my hobby here with Isles blog. Okay. I got a press release email a couple weeks ago about the fear the beards hashtag promotion from Bud Light. Okay. And I go, that's a really cool idea. Basically it says, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting paid for this portion mm-hmm. of it. They've already paid me in beer and I'll get right. to that in a second. <laughs> that basically the longer your beard gets, the more free beer you get. Okay. So every time your team extends to go goes to the next round, you get a rebate of some kind towards Bud Light. And then if they win the Stanley Cup, you get like a free 12 pack or whatever it may be. Right. So I put the information out. I thought it was a cool idea. Right. I just kind of tweeted out the information on the press release. I used to work mm-hmm. in public relations. I know how that goes. It's probably mm-hmm, some right. young guy just blasting out and being of like, course. oh, look at look at the impressions I got on this. Islander account. He did all this work to find out which accounts have the most followers and things like that. So I wanted to give him the credit for that. And then I get a little tweet from Bud Light, the official account. Hey, DM us. Okay, I'll DM the Bud Light account. Yeah. We'd like to send you a care package. So the first ever like care package I ever got sent to my new home was from Bud Light. 24 cans of Bud Light. Nice. A hockey puck as well as a shirt a mask with a facial hair with a beard facial hair on it It was a complete package wow that's awesome thank you yeah that's that's great is that the first one or (laughs) i've been drinking one a night pretty much for the last four nights i'm gonna definitely my wife told me to take it out of the refrigerator in the living room and now it's in a small refrigerator in the basement where i am now so i have access to it all the the basement fridge or the I have one in my garage is a, is a game changer. It's, it's awesome. We've got a new fridge. I put the old one in the garage. It's saved me on countless times. Now, do you feel like you're buying more food just because you have the extra fridge to fill um, up? I definitely buy more drinks, whether okay. it's, you know, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, but definitely more. Cause I just keep all the drinks down there and just, you open it up. just like stock <laughs> whole drink. And then some expired meat that I forget to there. But so speaking of drinking, Yes. Another segue, you were drinking with the Connecticut Meetup Group the other night for the Islander game. Yeah, it was great. It was at uh, the new Bobby V's restaurant in Stanford. If anyone has been to the old one, they moved a couple blocks over. I think maybe it was last year. Future it's mayor. Good. He's good. Yeah, he's running for mayor in uh, Stanford. So uh, <laughs> I guess people vote for him. I don't know. I don't know his platform. So uh, no disguises, you know, <laughs> let's, just, let's just keep it, you know, fresh. But um yeah, it was a great time. Eric, who runs the, the group, you know, great guy, set up a nice meet there. The place is, is, is fantastic. They have a, a horse racing book upstairs as well. So sometimes you'll hear a lot of screaming and you look, nothing's going on. It's the people watching horse races upstairs. Um, well, hopefully yeah, you not, weren't watching horse racing on delay on, 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 in, oh, on no. your floor. No, they would have ruined it for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, we had, you know, a separate room and a couple TVs in there, you know, had, had the game on and the owners uh, sent over a bunch of uh, those Defend New York shirts and a lot of other uh, swag. But it, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, they're going to do another one. Hopefully they're not a game seven for the series. So hopefully in round two against the Bruins. But they do them throughout the state, not just in Stanford. They've done it in Milford. And I think they've gone a little a little further up in Connecticut as well. But they do a great job. All the meetup groups in the, in the country do a great job and. I was, they're all coming up with new logos now. I've seen them on Twitter. Yeah, very they're, cool. all, they're all fantastic. Uh, but no, it's, it, it's a great time. If anyone can check it out. I know there's also a Queens one. There's like a, you know, a Manhattan one. But they're all over now, which is great. And this is something that the fan base truly deserves because there's a lot of Islander fans throughout the country. Just, you know, they're finally coming out now and, and you know, showing the, you know, the blue and orange. So it's, it's, it's really good. And uh, props to Eric who runs the group again. I'll see if I can get out there. This is like a special, special permission. If your wife is within a couple of weeks of your due date and you're going, leaving the house right. for the Islanders meetup, yeah, that's a special permission. Right. I, I don't think I'm going to have the guts to ask. Yeah, no, <laughs> I have I, better I, luck with the baby out. If the baby's out. I have better luck there. I yeah. can get the grandmother in right. for a few hours. 
I can do a couple of things. I'll have some flexibility mm-hmm. to say you're on your own. Call me if something happens within the two week window. Yeah, it's probably tough. not. Yeah, I mean, you could always bring her. I mean, maybe that'll you know accelerate <laughs> the process. But uh, I don't know. But you know, the, the food's good there. The atmosphere is great, and uh, they didn't have any like you know uh, zero to three month you know defend onesies. So I, I couldn't pick you up one. So sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah. all right. Um, well, listen. This was fun. I'm glad we were able to connect again. Hopefully Definitely. life gets a little less crazy for both of us and we'll be able to do this again uh, next week. And hopefully the Islanders are playing a second series yeah. uh, next week. As I, as I said to Brian Compton, there is a really great feel around the team at the moment after a win like game five, when you steal a game like that on the road, you're expecting just to pull that momentum over and, and, and move on to the next series. But if the Indiana Pacers in 1994 lost game six at home after the Reggie Miller game against Spike Lee. Yeah. You know, nothing is guaranteed. No, and it's, it's, that's true. But you know, we've been like doing this now with Barry Trotz and Lou Lemmerow. This is the third year. This is the third year that they couldn't actually win a playoff series. I mean, this is like becoming, you know, normal, normal place now for the team, but a win like that Tuesday night, good teams pull those out you know if you're getting dominated the whole thing good teams find a way to win and the national media might not realize it yet but the Islanders are a good team they're one of the better teams in the league you know they kind of limp into the playoffs but it's when the playoffs they really shine and they're one game away from advancing yet again so let's let's give them their due uh they might not be the most talented team but they're probably the most complete team and the way the trajectory is going you know, with, with people returning to the arena, right. They've had three very strange playoff runs under Barry Trotz year one. You have the first round at the Coliseum, the second round at Barclays last year, you're playing at a bubble in Toronto and then Edmonton. And this year you're playing against reduced crowds uh, as we kind of work our way out of uh, COVID and into a vaccinated, vaccinated population. So, Three years in the playoffs, three consecutive years, trying to advance three times in a row, and there really hasn't been any normalcy no. around any of it in, in how they've gone about it and, and the Islander fans being able to really enjoy it the way they wanted. Maybe this is it. Maybe a game six, even if it's only 9,000 in the arena, maybe a game six, a clinching opportunity game, like you said, hasn't happened at Coliseum Ice since the 1993 series against the Washington Capitals. Uh, that would be really special to be in the building. And if you want to pay big bucks on StubHub <laughs> or SeatGeek, you can still find yourself uh, at the arena. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You don't have to do it, but... Don't have to. Right, exactly. Exactly. All right, well, that will do it for this episode of PTILs. A very special thank you to NHL.com's Brian Compton. Islanders hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. 6.30 start on Wednesday. We'll see if they advance to a series with the Boston Bruins or if we're in store for a very nerve-wracking Game 7 back in Pittsburgh. For Noel Fogelman, I am Joe Bono. We hope to talk to you next week, Islanders country. Good night. 